Hello, everybody, and welcome to our show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Extreme Ownership, How U.S. Navy Seals Lead and Win the New Edition by Jocko Willink and Leif Babin. You can get it on Kindle, audiobook, hard copy, paperback, and audio CD as well. And this book has just got the DNA that we all need, and if you don't have it already, you crazy. You just crazy. And I love listening to Jocko. He has a podcast. It's a little bit graphic and more on the Navy SEAL side of life. But at the end of the day, uh, if the only thing that you pull from him is the information from the Jocko Willink, Leaf Babin uh, authored book called Extreme Ownership, then kudos to you because it's definitely worth buying and reading and listening to so definitely get it if you haven't already we appreciate y'all uh so without further ado let's get to the good old podcast program and everything else so cal q o to the l Happy Sunday. We love y'all. We appreciate you coming in on another amazing Sunday spiritual wellness podcast. And yeah, we just uh, we can't thank you guys enough for supporting, listening, sharing. If you have Uh, definitely like subscribe, follow, uh, reply do whatever you got to do to add value to other people through our podcasts, but also our content. Uh, we would love for you to, you know, be able to do that as much as physically possible. But if you do have any questions, comments, concerns about anything that we do, uh, you can always hit us up on Twitter with the good old handle SoCalQOL. And uh, yeah, obviously it is Spiritual Wellness Sunday and. We definitely took a break the past few, uh, I believe, Sundays. Uh, so we're going to jump back into the quote sessions aspect of our Sunday podcast. And uh, we are now in chapter nine of the good old Extreme Ownership by Leif Babin and Jocko Willink. And um, obviously, this is our product highlight for the day brought to you by aspect and um yeah it's no joke this book is uh is the real deal so uh yeah we're gonna jump in we're on quote number 47 uh and the chapter nine is actually entitled plan p-l-a-n uh which plan sounds super simple but uh obviously it can be a lot harder than you might think to actually have a plan in life. So especially in your business or in your family life. So, uh, but yeah, we're going to start with this quote right now. And it actually says, John Paul Jones said, those who will not risk cannot win. Those who will not risk cannot win. So we're quoting a quote in our quoted sessions. First page uh or on page 206 so this first quote um is basically just you know highlighting the fact that uh if you if you are going to take risks um you will have the potential to win in something uh but if you don't take any risks then you can't win in anything 
And I mean, basically, life is a big risk, right? I mean, you know, if you walk outside your house uh, or even if you just wake up, <laughs> wake up on uh, on any day, uh, you're basically setting yourself up to uh, have to deal with the elements, deal with stress, uh, anxiety, hunger, starvation, thirst. Uh, but also you through that risk, you have the ability to be happy and to enjoy life especially with the ones you love and hopefully add a positive imprint into the world imprint footprint, however you want to say it. Um, but yeah, I like that because even though it's super simple, um, those who will not risk cannot win. Um, it's super true. So, um, thanks guys for highlighting that one. Um, number 48 is starts with uh this part and it says post operational debrief then it says no matter how exhausted from an operation or how busy planning for the next mission time is made for this debrief because lives and future mission success depend on it a post operational debrief examines all phases of an operation from planning through execution in a concise format that's also on page 206 as well uh, in case you're looking at the book, <coughs> excuse me, but uh, yeah, post operational debrief. I'm pretty sure, depending on your job, business, organization, uh, hobby, family life, whatever. Um, if you come in with that phrase, post operational debrief, they might look at you like a crazy person. But you know, you can call it whatever you want to call it. But I think the main key here is not letting the process and examining the process fall through the through the cracks. Um, if you're not able to sit back and go, okay, what did we do good uh, this last time around? Or, you know, what can we improve? If you never do that. And if you if you even are have the, the, the culture and the community that just literally praises everybody for things and doesn't actually, you know, call people out on their bullshit, Odds are you're never going to progress. There's going to be a lot of uh, job security, um, you know, lying and and basically people just trying to get ahead and fit that norm and uh, basically fake it till you make it kind of attitude, which is so horrible and so toxic to any environment. But especially in your work environment, uh, there's just there's no there's no reason for it. Um, to not go back and say, yeah, we're, we're not perfect. Um, a lot of times I feel like the reason why that happens is because the leaders running the department, the business, the whatever, they're just not, um, they're not into being told that they're wrong or that they're not doing something right. And they can't take full responsibility. They can't take the quote unquote extreme ownership of what they do there. And that's just sad. Like if you have a leader that isn't taking that responsibility, you probably should get out now because there's going to be a good chance in the future. They're going to use you to throw you under the bus and make you look like the idiot when it's actually their fault that certain things went wrong. And until those leaders can actually be honest with themselves and tell themselves that, yeah, it's, if it's my business, it's my fault. Uh, it doesn't matter what my employees do, doesn't matter what person did what or how it was handled, whatever, whatever. The whole point is, is that it always comes back to the leader, comes back to the top. And uh, like I said, not a lot of leaders can do that. They're not uh, 
they're not willing and able to put themselves in that position because it's a shitty position. It's super uh, sad and depressing to be told that you suck at something and you didn't do it well. But at the same time, people can respect and build trust with someone who is honest about making a mistake and wanting to learn from it. And the only way you can do that is to to do it as a leader. Um, if obviously anyone can do it as an employee, because you're basically, you know, quote unquote, expected to take responsibility for things. But up until then, if that leader that you have above you doesn't actually fill in that gap and take that responsibility on their own shoulders and let you off the hook, um, you know, they're they're not they're not going to know what being a good leader is. And so, um, so yeah, um, definitely take those post-operational debriefs to heart. Like I said, whatever you call it, just make sure you analyze your situation, your event, your conference, your day-to-day, your sale, whatever, and really just analyze the, the goods and the bads and, and try to do something better. Um, yeah, full disclosure, we do it all the time here at SoCalQL when it comes to our social media and our posting and our, um, just trying to figure out what content works. And, um, as of right now, it's, it's been all about podcasts. Like the podcast is like the heartbeat of our, of our company. It's what keeps us going. Um, just getting the information out there is the important part. Um, obviously audio form is the easiest way to do it for us, but we're constantly trying to reevaluate. Okay. Well, if we're going to document it with video, how are we going to piece it? together so that we can then post it on a YouTube, a LinkedIn, a Instagram, a, a Twitter, whatever. And, uh, you know, it's a slow process and people have to tell us like, Hey, this, this video sucked, or, um, I didn't like this comment you made, or I didn't like what you said here. And we need that. If we don't hear that, then we're not going to know what, what's good and what's bad. The free market is so important in that, that regard, because they're there to um, not sugarcoat anything. And the the free market's always right, man. Like it's it's just insane. But uh, if you're not listening to them, then you're you're shit out of luck, you know. Um, but yeah, good quote. Good concept. Uh, we're now to number forty nine on page two twelve. And it says through a six month long training workup. Uh, task unit bruiser learned to work together as a team across the full spectrum of SEAL operations in a host of different environments. So um, I think the reason why I picked this was because it did say six month long training uh, workup. Uh, That's a long ass time. Um, I don't know if you guys have ever trained for six months for anything, Uh, but you know, other than like a marathon or um, like, I can't even think like, writing an album with if you're in a band and you're making music like six months isn't even that long but that's you know other than having a kid i mean there's not really a lot of things that you can have time to train for in that amount of time and so you know i guess it it would be nice to always have that six month training time with with things that are important to you but um some of us don't have that luxury we um we're not able to do that so to, to to have leadership literally spend that much time investing in people and their teams is is huge and um obviously it was to uh evaluate and 
try to win in different environments as well. So obviously, you know, six months down the road, if you start a business and you're constantly training and building up people, um, I'm sure in six months you'll have a lot to show for it. And so, um, yeah, I definitely encourage people to to see that as like a great uh, standard if you can. Um, maybe not for individual employees, but maybe as a as a department, you know, you you let them know that, hey, we have, you know, six months for your project to take shape and take form. And uh, after six months, we can reevaluate, you know, what what, you know, goals you had and if you feel like you hit those goals. And if not, let's reevaluate and do it again in six months. So, um, yeah, great, great concept as well. Uh, number 50, good old 50. It says the most important part of the debrief said Jocko is to explain your commander's intent. So, um, I think I'd mentioned in the last podcast that we were going to talk more in depth about the quote unquote commander's intent. Um, I don't know if it's in this chapter right now, cause that's the last quote, um, in chapter nine. Uh, but I put underneath this quote, I said debrief equals reiteration of leader goals in event slash, you know, business or organizational things. Um, so yeah, um, I believe we're going to get into commander's intent in the next chapter. Let me just kind of skim. Um, I don't see anything, but, um, if we haven't gotten into it already, we are definitely going to get into it, uh, soon. So. Um, with that being said, let's just actually go to chapter 10. I think we can do one more, one more chapter. So chapter 10, uh, it's called leading up and down the chain of command. Uh, number 51 says, if we want to operate, we need to put him in his comfort zone so that he approves them and we can execute. Um, that's on page 233. And, uh, the him in this quote is like the commander or the the, you know, your boss or your manager or, uh, you know, if you're at a church, it's your pastor. So basically what they're saying is in order to basically be functional and to get the job done, you need to make sure that your leader is in a comfortable place, uh, whether that be whether that be you guys are all doing your jobs correctly or you're supporting his vision or her vision for the business, the the long-term goals, the the marathon race, the macro, and by doing the the micro, doing the day-to-day, doing the daily tasks, you are basically complementing what they're there to do and guide you as a team to accomplish. Um, that's really the only time that you're going to get your things approved, your wants and needs uh, executed. And so without that comfort zone uh, mentality for your superior, uh, being met, um, you're really going to have more problems than you are going to have solutions. Uh, that's never a good thing. You never want to have problems with your, your leader. Um, yeah, it's just, it's not fair to them and it's also not fair to you. Um, I know I've said it before, but I, you know, I've left jobs because me and the leader just didn't see eye to eye. Me and my boss, didn't get along. We, we didn't, we didn't think the same way. We didn't, we didn't solve problems the same way. And it was just kind of counterproductive for me to think that I had the right to tell him or her otherwise. 
Um, cause I really didn't, you know, it's not my business. It's not my organization. It's not my, uh, church. So who am I to say that, uh, that, you know, they should do it any different. I really don't, I really don't have a say. So unless I'm doing it on my own and I'm the one calling the shots, um, you know, I should just be putting my head down and doing my job at hand. I mean, they're paying me to do it, but, um, you know, sometimes you can get in a situation where your leader actually, you know, wants you to kind of go against the grain and, and call them out on stuff. But, um, if that doesn't happen, don't think that it's your fault. Uh, it's just, uh, you know, it's a conflict of interest there and, uh, it is what it is. Like you shouldn't have to change them. Uh, if they want to change, great. If they don't, then that's okay. Um, you just basically need to either find someone else to work under or you need to become the boss. You need to be, be the leader. You need to be the guy that's guiding the the teams and uh, hiring and firing and all that stuff. So uh, obviously that comes with more responsibility and you get uh, blamed for all the problems. But uh, for some of us, that's really all we know and or can function in is is making those calls and, and calling the shots. So, um, yeah. Uh, number 52 says, uh, and it's a, it's a long one. It's on page 235. It says, we can't expect them to be mind readers, Jocko said. The only way they are going to get this information is from what we pass to them. The reporters, uh, sorry, the reports we write and the phone calls we make. And we obviously aren't doing a good enough job if they still have major questions. Well, they should come out here then, I responded. They should, Jocko answered. But have we told them they should or scheduled a convoy to pick them up? I know I haven't, Jocko admitted. So yeah, this is, again, talking about your boss, your uh, superior. You know, if, you're, if your boss has questions about what you do and how you do it, um, it's, it's really not their fault because if you're not the one communicating this type of information then um it's all on you at that point um they're they aren't they aren't mind readers they're not going to sit there and just hypothetically be able to figure out you know the problems that you have or the the information that you've you've learned or you've picked up and uh yeah unless you tell them to come out and see it in the field like you know who knows but that can also bite you in the ass because once again i've i've definitely told my bosses and my superiors uh you know the information that i have that i've learned and that i've uh needed to communicate because of my own uh consciousness like my own uh you know like basically i couldn't i couldn't go on without communicating certain things and information uh but the bummer in that is that they might not respond the way you would like them to, you know, if you, you know, the only thing you can do in that situation is pass on the information. And if, if you writing an email calling or uh, setting up a meeting doesn't, you know, doesn't change the fact that, you know, you're still going to have those issues, those problems, and they're just, they don't see a reason to change anything. Then that's when you actually have to decide, okay, am I going to stay here any longer or am I going to step step out of my role, my position, uh, whatever it may be. And so, yeah, that's definitely, that definitely could happen. It's definitely happened to me. Uh, it's not a fun scenario, but it's, it's also good because, you know, at that point you then have this mutual respect that, Hey, 
I just don't see eye to eye with you. And, you know, we're just different in this way. And so, you know, like here are my two weeks. Uh, it's been great. It's been nice working here. And uh, let me know if you guys want to continue in the future. But um, but other times, too, though, like you can't get upset if you don't pass on the information. So um, good, good quote. Uh, number 53. It says it gets us no closer to getting our operations approved. And that was on page 236. So, yeah, just keep piggybacking off that same type of scenario. Um, A lot of times people will complain that, you know, their business or their job doesn't see, you know, what they what they foresee being a, a helpful part of the business or a great aspect of the company that could, you know, you know, boost sales or further the growth or whatever. And so, you know, the whole point of you having those thoughts, those dreams, those ideas is inevitably getting them approved so you can then, you know, do those things that you feel called to do. Um, Unfortunately, there's a, a, a process in getting to that point. And what Jocko and Leaf are talking about here is, Essentially, you know, you need to get your boss in the comfort zone. You need to give them all the information they need, especially if they have questions. And then in that scheme of things, once they're comfortable and they have all their questions answered, you're going to be more likely to get your, uh, you know, your operation, they call it. But, you know, your your desires, um, you know, actually fulfilled. Uh, but you have to look at their needs first. You you can't just assume that just because you work there that you have this entitlement that, you know, you you get whatever the heck you want. Um, that's just not the case. And so unless you're, you know, able to compliment your your boss's uh, quote unquote agenda um, first, uh, you're not going to you know, you're not going to see your part of your calling. Uh, uh, you know, sought out or, um, you know, done. So that's just a part of the, of the scheme of things. And you, you know, if, if you can't do the things that they need, uh, as far as like to get them in that comfort zone and to, to get them to get all the information, then odds are either you need to just not worry about the desires that you have and just do your job. Or, um, once again, you know, take a take a new direction a new path and make it your own um, or work for somebody else because once again it's just not fair to them and it's not fair to you so um it's tough i know it's tough this chapter and this this concept is really kind of hard to swallow but i think it's important to highlight uh, especially just you know it wherever you're at in your in your job so um it is what it is but uh next quote says Number 54, one of the most important jobs of any leader is to support your own boss. And then it says your immediate leadership, page 237. So, yeah, we're just hitting home right now. Um, We've only got like three more quotes, but um, it's important. You know, if if you can't support your leadership and your boss, um, you really have no reason to be there. And and it's okay. It's okay to not end up being at a company forever. Um, I've basically always said that, you know, if I can stay at a business for seven, eight months, 
that um, odds are I'm going to be there for the long haul, you know, for like seven or eight years, which I've I've done before. And sure enough, though, after seven, eight years, you know, then you go through a lot of leadership change, you know, new new people come into the department heads or um, new new, you know, pastors come into play or new bosses or, you know, new ownership. And uh, it's up to you to decide, you know, at that point too, like reevaluating, like maybe after seven, eight months, there's another, yeah, seven, eight years. And after that seven, eight years, you have to like reevaluate like you would at seven, eight months. Um, That's kind of just the way it works. And unless it's a small family owned business, I mean, it's probably not going to stay the same forever. Um, But it's, it's a good thing too, I guess, because, you know, things need to evolve, but um, yeah, you got to support your boss. So don't neglect that. Uh, number 55, you must execute the plan as if it were your own. This is crazy, too, because it's I think it. this is just the, this is like hitting the nail on the head right now, because if you find out what the plan is for your job, your organization, your business, and obviously this is basically you not being the leader or the boss or the owner. But if you see the plan and you can't execute it because of whatever reason, morally, ethically, your standards are different, um, you just don't see eye to eye with the leadership, then, yeah, I mean, there's no reason to to try because um, you're just going to basically destroy um, some part of your wellness and have a, a worse quality of life than you would if you got a new job or started your own business. So. Um, just be self-aware about who you are, um, the things that you need to have the right type of occupational wellness, uh, but even emotional, physical, financial, uh, wellness as well. And once you have figured out those aspects, you can, um, inevitably, (coughs) you can inevitably be happier. Sorry, I'm gonna drink some water. You can inevitably be happier, but also you can, you know, take care of the team in place and you can, uh, yeah, just um, be the type of person I think we all want to be. We all want to help other people and and, you know, do something greater and bigger than ourselves. But that doesn't mean that you have to do it underneath someone. And it doesn't mean that you have to be a boss either. Um, You know, you got to be self-aware about who you are. So, you know, really think about that. Really think about the plan. Uh, at your current business, your current job. And if you don't see yourself fitting into that plan or you don't see yourself doing it in the way they're doing it, um, there might you might need to have a change. You might need to, to mix things up. So uh, second to last quote says, uh, take responsibility for leading everyone in your world, subordinates and superiors alike. If someone isn't doing what you want or need them to do, look in the mirror first and determine what you can do to better enable this. Don't ask your leader what you should do. Tell them what you are going to do. And um, yeah, uh, this is this can go one of two ways. Um, Either you can say what you're going to do because it's going to complement the leader and the plan and, you know, help subordinates, but also help the superiors. Um, And and or you can tell them what you're going to do, which will not uh, help fit the plan, help the subordinates and the spears, meaning um, instead of just 
basically doing what they say, um, you're going to inevitably, um, you know, if you don't have a good situation at hand, you're going to end up uh, basically telling them, well, unless this happens, you know, not like an ultimatum, but unless you get something, unless, sorry, unless you, um, or these, these are the things that you're going to do, like you're going to step down, you're going to, you know, just be um, a person that helps, you know, outside, like outside hire or whatever to help them because you just can't stand the leadership or the way it's going. Um, that's like the, the latter side, but the former would be, yeah, like looking at yourself, you know, almost like dying to yourself in a way and just putting your desires aside just so you can cast out the vision. And, um, I mean, in family owned businesses too, like sometimes you just have to put your, your, your desires and your thoughts aside and, you know, just worry about, you know, the current owner, the current boss. And if it's, if it's a family member, obviously it's, you know, it's going to be nicer, especially if it's a family member, like your father, your mother, you know, honor them in that position, whatever it is to compliment whatever plan they have and, you know, look at yourself. And if you can't do that, if you can't justify taking one for the team like that, then yeah, don't just tell them what you're going to do then say that, you know, you are going to step down, you're going to take a leave of absence, or you're going to basically go a different route. And, um, you know, they may, they may call your bluff and, um, tell you to go, you know, piss off or, or they might be like, you know, we, we actually do really appreciate you and we want you to stay and we, we, we see value in you and, uh, you know, who knows, it might turn the whole thing around. So, um, but I think it is important to tell your, your, your leadership, you know, what you are going to do there, like what your plan is and, and what you see, you know, once again, coming back to being self-aware. So being self-aware about who you are, telling them what you are able to do you know, or at least going to do if you stay there, um, or even if you're not going to stay there, you know, what you're going to do. And, uh, you know, they might agree with you, or they might disagree with you, um, or they might, you know, be very passive and let you just go on your merry way, or they might be active and say, you know, we actually do want you here. We don't want you to leave. So, um, yeah, last quote, 57, page 242, simply says, he was now ready to lead up the chain. So uh, once you can kind of tackle this whole process of of, you know, supporting your boss um, of, you know, giving them the information and, you know, seeing the plan out the way they see it being um, done, then, yeah, you've you've basically accomplished leading up the chain. And uh, that way you can still support your subordinates, but you can also support your superiors. And it's just like a win, win, win uh, in every way, shape or form. But, um, you know, if you if you don't have trust with your your leadership, your boss, your your company, um, you know, that's probably not going to be the case. Um, It's really hard to lead up the chain for sure. Um, And I've definitely had opportunities to do it. um, But as far as long term forever haven't had that chance. Um, hopefully I'll be able to have it in my own businesses, but, uh, as of right now, it's just, yeah, it's a, it's a very special thing. It's like winning the lotto. So if you can find it, hold it, treasure it, um, 
don't do the thing where if you let it go and it comes back, keep it forever. Um, cause odds are that's not going to be the case with, with this type of a job. So anyways, guys, uh, we got the two chapters today, which is awesome. Uh, next time we're going to be going into chapter 11, which is decisiveness, uh, uh, decisiveness amid uncertainty. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're nearing the final stretch. Um, 11, 12. Yeah. So we only got two more chapters other than the, what they call the afterword. Um, but yeah, we, we end up, uh, getting up to 73 good old quotes. So, um, we're almost there. We're at 58. So anyways, appreciate you guys listening. Um, once again, uh, check out, um, all our social medias. And, uh, I didn't say this before, but please rate and review this podcast because, uh, without you guys saying, you know, what you think about it and how many stars you're going to give it, um, we're not going to know. And it also helps obviously our, in the algorithm of things, when you search this type of content for wellness and quality of life, um, we would love to be at the top of that list because we feel like, you know, that's what we're here to do. Add value to you and make your lives better and easier and funner and, uh, more fun, I should say. Um, but yeah, guys, thank you so much. We'll see you later, aka tomorrow. And uh, bye bye.